0: This episode of Converge with my guest, Rachel Hostetter, is sponsored by FasterMind Coaching. FasterMind is your personal trainer for you and your business, getting the kind of real world results you're looking for at a price any entrepreneur can afford. For more information, check out FasterMindCoaching.com. Converge is my chance to connect with creatives who make really interesting things. And when they can, profit from those things, often in ways that might surprise you. My background as a photographer and author gets me in conversations with visual storytellers and writers, but also musicians, actors, business and thought leaders, basically people who work very hard, not just to make a buck, but also to make a point. The invitation is to understand a little more of the context that surrounds their work and hopefully discover a fresh perspective that might inspire something new around the value you're making in the world. For years, Rachel Hofstetter, was paid to eat and drink as the food editor at O, the Oprah magazine. But besides the copious amounts of chocolate and cheese, her favorite part of the job was talking with up-and-coming food entrepreneurs. Their stories led to her best-selling book, Cooking Up a Business, by Penguin, by the way, an insider guide to the world of food startups. And as she wrote the book, Rachel picked up the entrepreneurial itch, as so many of us do, it's contagious. And she took the opportunity to focus on her true passion, connecting people in unique and creative ways. She's now the co-founder at Gesterly.com, a software platform that enables anyone to create a custom who's who guide for events and groups, and PR School, which helps makers and creators get the word out about their brands and connect directly with editors and writers. I think as you listen to Rachel today, what you're going to learn most is that the evolution of a story, a creative entrepreneurial story, isn't fixed. It's progressive. At least it could be. And if you follow it to its natural conclusion... You just may be surprised with the results.
1: You take away one thing today. Just take that give, give, get away. It's give good story. Give like it's a friend. And you get so much from the feature to a relationship to that really premium brand positioning.
0: I'm your host, Dane Sanders, and I want to welcome you to Converge. Rachel Hofstetter, welcome to Converge.
1: Thrilled to be here, Dane. Hi, everyone.
0: I am so glad that you're here. It was such a treat to get to know you a little bit at Engage. Uh, recently, we were both speakers and had a chance to, on the sidebar conversations, just get into some really interesting, I'm mean, just hearing your story was so fascinating to me. And for folks who aren't familiar with your story, can you share a little bit about your journey? It's pretty amazing uh, the different places you've had a chance to uh, connect with over the years.
1: Well, like all good stories, I think mine starts out with food and I was a food editor at places like, oh, the Oprah magazine and really, really loved what I did. Basically got to look for new and interesting food products, recipes, food trends, food ideas, worked with a number of top food people, but also people like Dr. Oz cooking in their kitchen. What makes a great dinner? What does Dr. Oz eat at home? And had a ton of fun with that. But along the way, something I really loved doing was talking to all of these food entrepreneurs. And somebody would reach out and they had this new drink or this new type of popcorn or this brand new cookie they'd started making at their kitchen table. And we'd sit down and chat and they'd tell you their story. And oftentimes it would be starting from nothing, and moment of despair, everything's working so hard, so many hundred hour weeks in those stories. And then at the end, all of a sudden, boom, they're a multi-million dollar business, or they're pouring this hard in, or they're making something delicious. And so I started writing a lot about these food entrepreneurs. And that's actually what led to my book, Cooking Up a Business, which came out from Penguin about a year and a half ago now. And it's the stories of all of these food entrepreneurs and how they started, exactly where their journey took them, and how you can do it, too. And I was so inspired by their stories. And I started to get the entrepreneurial itch myself, and I feel like that happens to a lot of people where you you see other people do it, you hear the stories, even like we're talking today, you say, huh, maybe I could do that. I think I could do that. And so I had the entrepreneurial itch, and that was where a lot of this started, was thinking, I can do this. Let me try it.
0: Well, okay, so I'm so tempted to jump into all of the sexy things like Oprah and the White House and Dr. Oz, but I actually want to um, go back to the the narrative because actually that 's the part that I think could be most transferable to so many people who are listening is this nature of um, metaphor and in your case, you started in the context of food, and food is a metaphor I mean food can be an elixir, it can kind of help things the conversation get going it can be a common space. everyone comes around the table it can be it 's universal everyone has to eat at some point. And in the middle of all that, like that, you've taken that food as a metaphor, and then thought about your life, and it just sounds like there's a a correlation there. That that when you when you can tie into a metaphor that can carry across different seasons in life, that there's a lot of value there. Especially when, because we're going to get in a few minutes, we're going to talk about public relations. When you can tell a good story that's true and is interesting, it sure seems like a lot of value can come from it. Talk a little bit about metaphor and the relationship of food in your career.
1: Well, I love that you saw that metaphor and brought it up. And I would even take it back one level further because to me, food is all about connecting. Food can be delicious on your own. Like nothing more that I can even say there. It can be. But really when we think about food, we think of that candle at table and friends and family gathered all around and we're passing the plates, right? Like there's nothing better than family style food. And you're making that new friend and you pour another glass of wine. And that's the moment as a food editor that I was coming around is food connects people. At its core, food is connection. And we even published these beautiful dinner party stories, right? It's like giving people that feeling of, oh, this is the connection I want to add more of in my life. And connection has been a big thing for me across everything I've done as this narrative narrative goes further Um, But even in publishing, to start there, you're always looking for connections because you're always looking for the surprising twist, the turn that's not there, the thing that might not be as front and center. But if you can connect the dots, then all of a sudden, there's a story. And so I took that connection thing, actually. And when my husband and I got married, we said, hey, everybody's coming from all over the country. Most of these people, our friends and family, don't know each other yet but we're bringing them together for four days. And we want these people to be friends. We really want them to connect. And so to do that, we literally said, hey, let's take our college Facebook, which was a literal college Facebook. The name is actually where Mark Zuckerberg got the name for Facebook. And we said, hey, let's make a Facebook for our wedding. And we did it on Microsoft Word. We found pictures of everybody. I wrote these little bios literally went and bought a printer, dragged it to our fourth floor walk up in New York City, printed out these little booklets and mailed them out to everyone. And it was like, great, now they can all connect. You know, we'd say, oh my gosh, Max, you should meet Gary. You two have both been to Indonesia. You should talk about that. Just connecting people all over the place. And Dana, it was such a hit. And I think that's what we didn't quite expect. We thought it would be a cool thing we did at our wedding, but it was... A hit. It was people coming up to us nonstop. It was people calling us afterwards. It was friends saying, Hey, can you do it for our wedding? And so like any good story, we didn't even mean to do it. You know, kind of started doing it for friend's weddings. The same time I'm writing my book, I'm getting this entrepreneurial itch myself, but it wasn't until about eight months later where we got a call and this guy says, Hey, I saw this at Zach's wedding. You know, I want to get it for my wedding. And I was about to say, oh, we don't sell them. You know, literally halfway through the sentence, oh, we don't sell. And I said, hey, how much do you want to pay? Nice. Nice. And that was where it started. All of a sudden, I was like, wait, people want to pay for this. And I don't even know them." And that's how things fall into your lap. You just put something out there. And probably in the same time in my life, I put 10 more ideas out there in various ways. And you don't know which one is going to turn into something. But all of a sudden, somebody says, oh, I want to pay you for this thing you do. And that's when, if you have the entrepreneurial itch, you get to stop and pay attention.
0: Well, near the end of our conversation, we're going to spend a little bit of time about some really concrete, actionable things that people can address. But I actually want to i want to just comment on what you just said. And then also um, maybe for folks who are not familiar with Gesterly in a concrete way, like for me, I, I heard you talk about Gesterly and I think I understood it. And then I touched and field a guide of yours that that con- it was kind of like a connection guide, like a guest connection guide with photos and an easy kind of and it was analog, it was concrete and paper in my hand. And and there's of course a digital version of it too. But again, big picture, whether it's food as connection or story as connection or a gesterly connection guide from an event is connection, or even in a few minutes, we'll talk about public relations as connection. This kind of overarching kind of mission of yours to connect the dots is striking to me. It seems like it's all over your your resume, even though your resume takes you all over the place, you know, as author, as writer, uh, as entrepreneur. Um, I'd like it if you could talk just a little bit more about what happens for guests when, when folks with, are connected, let's say they go to an event and a guesterly guide is there. Uh, what is going on for them, whether they know it or not? Like what, why is that so valuable to people?
1: Oh, I love that. Well, the very first thing, even before you get to connection is that guests feel so valued because they see themselves in this thing. They see their information. They're not just one in a crowd. They are somebody who the host or the organization or the group cares about. Enough to say, hey, you know, here's Dane. Here's what he likes. Here's why you should say hi to him. But then what happens is it gives everybody essentially cart- permission to go out there and talk to each other. And yes, we do that anyways. But sometimes we do it with the people we kind of know or the people we've seen before or we wait for somebody to make that introduction. Whereas when you have a guest early, it's like, hey, all these people out here want to talk to you because we do. Everybody there wants to talk to someone else. It's just sometimes hard to get that going. And so what happens is people start talking to each other. Then they also have this little cheat sheet in their pocket where, you know, they've met you. They can't remember your name. What was your name again? Right. They feel smart.
0: They feel smart. Yes,
1: exactly. And so when you even have a way to remember somebody's name or look at it again that night and be like, oh yeah, that guy was great. You're so much more likely to talk to them the next day, follow up afterwards, turn that initial greeting into a real relationship. And so that's one of our favorite parts. But also, Gesterly really helps you get to the core of what is this person about? Not just what is their job title or what is their city. It's hey, what do they love to do on Saturdays? Maybe you both love hot yoga or something. You get to that core of what can make you friends as opposed to
0: acquaintances. I want to turn a corner and talk about um, PR school, because this in particular, this is one of the many projects that really drew me into our conversation that really struck me as interesting, is you're parlaying all of your experience at at Oprah and as an entrepreneur and as a writer um, into a vehicle to help connect the dots for other people. So like uh, your stats on this are incredible. Like You've only started just recently, right? When was your first PR school?
1: In January and of this year. In
0: January, and by the way, I know people are going to be asking about this very quickly Where, because they're already like PR school and they're Googling it. Like where can they go real quickly <laughs> for PR school because they're freaking so, out that there's an option? Doprschool.com.
1: So just doprschool.com.
0: All right. Doprschool.com. And the results are remarkable. So in the short period of time that you've been at it, you've gotten your people on Today Show, New York Times, Outside Magazine, several in Women's Health. You have that Buzz, BuzzFeed thing that kind of blew up. And, and when I say you got them in there, I don't mean like you called in some favors and got some of your students in. You've trained people to figure out how to do this directly. Um, Talk a little bit about like, first of all, are you surprised by the results? Uh, And number two, talk a little bit about that process when people actually make that first connection, they get on the Today Show or they, they get that piece picked up and what kind of impact that has for them. So
1: much great stuff there. So PR school really started out out of this thing I was doing naturally, which was connecting the dots between my entrepreneur friends and both my editor friends and what I knew as a former editor, what editors wanted. And so for us at Gesterly, it turned out to be very easy to get press. And the key was that it wasn't because of who we knew. It was because of what I knew. And most of the press we got in the beginning was purely through cold reach-outs, cold emails. But I really took the time to make each email personal and a perfect fit and to give people the stories they needed. Because that's one of the big things we teach at PR school is that editors need stories. Writers need stories. And so if you give good stories, that is the number one thing that editors need.
0: Okay, so this is where I want to push back a little because I want to understand this better. When people say, when you say that everyone has a a good story, um, I I don't doubt what you're saying is true, uh, you know, deep within some folks. But at the same time, when I look across popular culture, there are a lot of stories that aren't interesting, that are remarkably uh, cliche or bland. And and still find their way to press. Is it again a two part question? And then we're gonna go back to the other two part question that I cut you off on because I'm so interested in this topic. <laughs> uh, but this this notion of of um, everyone has a story to tell, uh, but you have to learn how to tell it well. And is that a learnable skill? Like, can people when folks are at home and they're listening to this and they're like, "Gosh, I don't I don't see that story yet in my narrative." Uh, that could oh. be interesting. How how do they deal with that?
1: Let me reframe the word story a little bit, because story can also, in larger terms, mean you know expertise, interesting things to say. It doesn't necessarily, you know, that's what turns into a story, but it doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, you've had an amazing life story or this crazy thing happened to you. It means that you have something worth saying that other people would want to hear. Hmm. And so, for example, if you're a photographer reaching out and saying, hey, I'm a photographer, I'm here if you need me, or I'm here for expert advice. You know, that's not a story. That's like, okay, you're here for expert advice. But if you're a photographer and you reach out and you say, you know, I've been shooting professionally only on the iPhone 6 and uh, expert tips on taking the best selfie in the world. All of a sudden, ooh, how to take the best selfie in the world. That's kind of interesting. You know, people want to know that. And so that's how you start to pull out stories. And once you pull out that and you think about it like that, that's like one of 20 stories you could pull out.
0: I've heard it said, from, I'm a big fan of uh, um, the, the Gimlet Media and you know the Startup Podcast. In fact, one of our recent guests was Starly Kine at Mystery Show. And by the way, if you guys missed episode 50, go back and check it out. Starly's amazing. But these, these storytellers uh, via radio and podcasts, uh, one of the things that I've heard... Uh, Alex Bloomberg, who runs Gimlet, talks specifically about, and he teaches us at Columbia and a bunch of other places, um, he talks about a story basically answers two pieces. He says, I'm telling a story about X, and X is interesting because of Y, and your mm-hmm. job is to solve for X and Y. And if you can't, it's probably not a, worth, a story worth telling yet. But uh, what do you think of his his suggestion that Uh, knowing clearly what it is, the story that you want to tell, but also, also knowing why you think it might be interesting to your audience. Uh, What do you think of his recipe?
1: Oh, I think it's fantastic. And I think we actually use it in different words. I love his formula, but ours is that you need a story and then you always need a twist. And I think the twist is in some ways his why you're looking for, not just here's your story, here's what you're telling, but also what makes it super interesting right now you know it takes it one level deeper or yeah, yeah. one level more niche or one level modern what makes it 2015 for example and not 2014 mm. and so yeah it's definitely it's your straightforward story but you always need a twist
0: well if you guys are listening at home i i can't recommend enough i've had a chance to take a look on the inside of pr school and it it is it's incredible. Like not only the success stories, the participants, I I've been really impressed with the the ways that folks within your community interact. Um and uh
1: Yeah, are, are, we have a great community. They're yeah. really supportive and smart.
0: Really smart. Like sharper sharper than the average tool in most sheds. And <laughs> it, it strikes me that uh they also are, are remarkably supportive. Like they seem to be of the belief that you know the whole rising tide all ships thing uh it strikes me that they don't just want their own uh breakthrough to happen they, they seem to be have a vested interest in other people doing it and and, and in that spirit i know that uh, some folks are hearing this and like okay pr i'm not sure i understand what pr is but it sure sounds like that could help my business um talk a little bit about two things one uh what when you say public relations what do you mean by it and, 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 and literally like, if you're explaining it to like my nine-year-old, I'd love to explain that. And then two, um, for folks that are like, okay, I really want to get some concrete examples of what this could look like. I know you have some fun, actionable tips, uh, that for folks that they can kind of get, get a taste. It's not the real article. It's not as good as being part of peer <laughs> school, but, it, but at least gives folks a sense of like, oh, this is the kind of stuff that we would be diving deep with and really getting clear about. So what Absolutely. is, what is PR and what are those tips?
1: So, PR is such a great term to define because it's going more and more broad and more exciting every day. But it's really anybody talking about your product, service, expertise, brand in a way that they're sharing with other people. And so traditionally I would say PR was magazines, newspapers, TV. Um, And then of course it broadened like crazy with the internet. But even now we're seeing broadening again with things like Instagram, where almost anybody can turn into the media. Anybody can. Take your product and share it. And if they have you know, X number of engaged followers, all of a sudden that is a press hit. And so what we really focus on in PR school is how to get your stories, your expertise, your brand, your products into the hands of all of these influencers, whether it's social media or more traditional TV media, you know, TV magazines, what have you. But then also form long-term relationships with them. And that's, I think, one of the kind of under, underlooked, overlooked secrets in all of this is that none of this is a one-and-done deal. Um, you know, maybe somebody features you, maybe they don't. Regardless, that is just the beginning of where this journey is going to take you. Mm. And so that actually leads me into one of my, it's actually the very first thing we share in PR school. And it's a mindset shift. It's really just how are you going to look at this whole entire process Regardless of you do if you do something like PR school or not, it's a mindset shift, and it's called give, give, get. And I'd love to take a minute to go into the that give, Please. give, get. Well, and
0: I've heard you talk about this, so I can't believe you're actually going to share this right now with everyone. This is so great, you guys. Uh, yeah, give, give, get. Go.
1: Okay, give, give, get. And literally, it's all you have to remember. If you have a you know, grab a post it note, write it down because you're going to want this near you. And it's a the tool for PR that literally I use every day. But also, it just has informed every single success story we told you about earlier. It all started from this base of give, give, get. And so the first give is give good story. And we have talked a little bit about this today, but I'll go into it more here. And as we said, it's the number one thing that editors need. Editors, reporters, Instagrammers, everybody needs good
0: Story. And when you say need, you mean like you're helping them do their job. If you don't, if they don't have these stories, they can't be successful. At what
1: Absolutely. They're doing. My job performance at Oprah literally depended on me giving good story, you know, coming up with good story, sharing good story. That was a huge part of my job performance review every year. You know, can Rachel find good stories? And so if you're giving me good stories, that's something I need so much. And then there's the second give, which is give like, it's a friend. And again, you're probably like, wait a second, but I don't know these people, but think about it. Like you would never send all 1000 of your friends a mass email and said, Hey, do this thing for me. And yet when I was at Oprah, about 97% of the emails I got were just that. Like spam. Spam. They, they might even say my name, but it would, you know, nothing else. It was obviously sent to me and a thousand of my colleagues. And sometimes it would be food-related. Oftentimes it wouldn't be. But contrast that with an email that's like, hey, Rachel, love that piece you did on mini appetizers last month. Um, have a really cool thing going on in meatballs here at that chef's kitchen. Thought it might be a really nice fit for you. All of a sudden, like, that's kind of like a friend. You know, they're giving me something that's useful and interesting. And for those types of emails, I would write back every single time and say, hey, tell me more. Let's talk about this. And that starts a relationship, and it can be honestly as simple as if somebody asks for pictures, getting those pictures to them quickly because that's what helps them do their job better. Or if you're sending product samples, you know, send lots. Let them be an office hero. Yeah. And it's just you know, it's giving abundantly. It's giving like it's one of your favorite people, and there's so many ways to do that. But I think that was the perfect example you gave of. Hey, if you see something that might be really helpful to them well, pass it along, you can tweet it, you can email it. It's just, it's be helpful. Treat them like a friend and not just an automated minion that will get you press. You know, they're not just standing there as a minion saying, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. They're people editors are people too.
0: So giving to give, not giving to get
1: that's give, give, but then you do get a get. So All
0: right. Is- Tell me with the get. This is great.
1: And the get is that feature, that coverage, whether it's an Instagram piece or a quote or a full-page story. You know, there is all of that. And I think that's what people focus on. And it's great. I mean, that's part of the reason you have been giving. But there's two more things you get. And I think those are just equally important to remember. And the first is that you get this relationship with the editor. Um, Jahan, who's one of our editor mentors at PR school, always says, don't be a one and done. And by that, she means, you know, if I feature you, maybe it's a quote in an article. That's not the end of our relationship. You know, if you're a good quote, I want to keep coming back to you. And, you know, send me a note. What's new? Like now we have a relationship because chances are I will feature you again eight months later. Um, So definitely don't let that relationship fall through. But the other thing you get is you get this brand positioning. You know, all of a sudden now your brand is associated with, Oprah or the Today Show, or if it's a local newspaper, you can pull out that quote. You just get this brand positioning where now you're not alone in the ocean as brand X. You are now affiliated with brand Y. And so you can use that to leverage your own brand. It's putting in your newsletter on your social media, pulling quotes out for your site, things like that. And so don't be afraid to just take that press hit and run with it because that's where so much of the gold comes in.
0: So valuable friend. Wow. Um, okay. So I want to be, I know that there are some other things that you wanted to share that could be helpful for folks, but I, at the same time, I'm like, it, it, it just, <laughs> it, this is a lot. I mean, give
1: like the big concept, a Yeah, bit. I would say give, give, get, if you take away one thing today, just take that give, give, get away. And it's give good story. Give like it's a friend. And you get so much from the feature to a relationship to that really premium brand positioning. And I try to practice give, give, get every day. You know, it can be more than just PR. Give, give, get in business and give, give, get in life. And right. I do promise you the gets are amazing.
0: Well, so, but I guess the gets are also unpredictable. Like you don't know when the gets are coming. Right, and it does seem like the the giving and giving have to be at least no strings attached. Like I don't, I don't know that I'll ever get featured, but I'm still giving. Like I'm, I'm willing to do it anyways. Is that is that part of the equation?
1: It is, and I'm so glad you said that. And you do, you have to give no strings attached. It's not give, but it's give. And the thing is, as you give more abundantly, you just have more ships out there in the sea that can come back to you with gold, but you have no idea which ones. Mm never have it. But that's part of the fun of it too, because they also come back in really unexpected ways. And so it is just giving first. So I like what you said. It's give without worrying about the get, but yeah. And it's also giving doubly, right? It's give, give. It's not give, get. It's just like give, 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 give.
0: (laughs) And give a little more. And, and, and I guess in that, to that degree, it, it like, and I think you've, you said this already, I'm just getting ears to hear this. It's, it's, um, because there's not an immediate response, I can't be in a rush to get a response. Like I can't. It's, it feels like someone who you know that that guy in high school or college who was just a little too eager to get the date, uh, and and was not giving in an authentic, sincere way, and it landed as like, eh, I don't. I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stay away from that. And and whereas somebody else might just be um less splashy on the front end but they have they have a reputation of that's that's who they are they are givers more than getters mm-hmm. and of course we want to reward the real givers the authentic uh, you know the real people but this has to be a lifestyle not just a like you say you do this every single day and you've already been on oprah like you're friends with oprah like that you're still doing that today tells me that that ought to be something that folks who haven't quite made it on that platform yet might want to think about this as a habit not just a task
1: I'm so glad you said that. Give, give, get really is a lifestyle. And that's why it's nice to think about it as more than just PR, too. It can be all parts of what you're doing in your business, in your life. But it is. It has to be a mindset first. Um, And you can incorporate it in different ways depending on what works for you. You know, I have certain kind of rules that I live by, whereas if somebody reaches out and wants to, you know, jump on the phone for 15 minutes or meet for coffee... You know, my rule of thumb is that I say yes, always, because that's one way that I can give. And it goes back to something I said earlier. You never know what anybody can bring into your life. Um, You know, maybe you go and it feels like a total dud conversation, but they mention something interesting at the end and you're like, oh, oh yeah, that's interesting. I should use that. I should follow up on that. And so maybe it's for business. Maybe it's for your personal life. You never know. But you're kind of open to that and that's one way you can give. So it might even just be making practices in your own life of saying, here's how I'm going to give on a regular basis.
0: If there's one thing that someone could go do in response to this, they're totally revved up, they're at home and they're like, okay, I need to switch my ways. I've been a, I've been a taker, not a giver. (laughs) What's something concrete they could do, like both immediately, but have a long, and secondly, what could they have a long-term vision towards? Like some kind of project that would be concrete and tangible.
1: So the first thing from a PR perspective would be to find your good stories and really go with that first give. Um, definitely focus on stories for your first give. But from a bigger life perspective, it's, I would say, catch yourself. I think we get thousands of requests every week, all of us in different capacities. And I do think it's a natural instinct many times to be like, I can't do that, or I don't have time, or that is not something I should be doing. You know, I get paid for that, or whatever. And maybe just try with one of them saying, Hey, what if I was giving here? What would that look like? What if I was giving bigger than my natural instinct? And if you start doing that, you get to give more abundantly, you get to give in a bigger way. And you might catch yourself doing interesting things. And once you start to notice that, it's just like, hey, and maybe give a little bit more. Nicely, Um, Somebody asked me for an email address for someone last week. And, you know, my first email back was a little bit, you know, that I composed in my head was a little bit snotty because they could have found it themselves. Hmm. But then I was like, you know what? Let me just give it and give it nicely because it doesn't take me any more energy to give it nicely. Hmm. And things like that. Just catch yourself in the act and give better, give bigger, give more nicely.
0: This was episode 053 of Converge, the Business of Creativity podcast. GoBeCollective.com is our new home for all things Converge. There you'll find past episodes as well as Go, the unconference for creatives looking to grow their business, Fastermind mind coaching, business coaching every entrepreneur can afford, and much, much more. Want to join the collective? Check out GoBeCollective.com. Music today provided by TripleScoop.com. Sound as good as you look. Thanks to Anna Quaza at Acreative.co for her audio production. And a special thanks to Rachel for being with us. Visit her at DoPRSchool.com. Finally, if you haven't shared an episode of Converge with a friend, would you? Think of one person right now who you think would benefit from my conversations with Seth Godin, Chris Gillibo, and Hanley, Ryan Holiday, Rachel, and many, many others, and invite them to join in. You caring enough to do that sort of thing is a nod to us that we're doing something right, and, like leaving those reviews on iTunes, we see you, thank you. It's a really big deal. Again, many thanks. That's it for now. I'm Dave Sanders. I cannot wait until next time.